All right. So it's January. You guys know me. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit a lot of times. Um, and um, usually in January, I like to talk about faith. Faith is, is one of those things. We talked about this last week. Uh, Jesus said a mustard seed. You guys ever seen a mustard seed? It, it's pretty small. You guys ever had a poppy seed, you know, like on the, the hamburger bun or whatever, or a, a bun and it has poppy seed and it's one little tiny little thing. Jesus said, he goes, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can basically move a mountain. So what that tells to me is this, is faith can be very, very small, but very, very powerful. Faith doesn't have to be this huge, massive thing to carry around. It can be very, very small, but it can be so powerful that it will move mountains. And so we talked about last week how when we have faith, it's how we access God. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. So when we have faith, we are, are pleasing God, we're accessing God, we're, we're relating to God because God is a faith God. So when he spoke out in Genesis, let there be light, he was, wasn't speaking out, you know, out of just a, a random comment. He was believing that what he said would come to pass. And Hebrews 11 says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And so many times we have, um, there, there's a lot of things that there are in our lives and hope is one of them. We have hope and it's, man, I, I hope this is going to happen. You guys ever had that where, you know, it's like, I don't really care if it happens or not, but I kind of hope it does because it would be good. And then there's certain instances in our life and we're like, I need this to happen. I, I really want this to happen. I want my life to change. I want somebody to not be sick anymore. I, I want my family to be uh, reconciled. I want relationships to be right. And that's where faith comes in. And we start to believe that. And Jesus said to his disciples, whatever you believe and do not doubt in your heart, you shall receive. So God is, is, is saying to us, I'm a, I'm a faith God. What I do, I, I, God wouldn't have set up a rule for us to operate by if he didn't operate by it. So when we access God, we have to come to him in faith. We have to come to him believing that when we come to his throne room and we come before him and we stand talking to him and he's listening, that what he, or that what we're saying, he is listening and he hears us and we will receive. Now, Hebrews, if you guys ever read Hebrews, uh, Hebrews has a lot about faith. And in Hebrews 11 is a, uh, it's actually my wife's um, password for something, um, but I won't tell you what it's their password for. <laughs> so you know, I didn't tell you if it was abbreviated or anything come talk to me later I'll explain it to you no I'm just kidding um, but <laughs> but anyway um, so faith is, is one of those things that Hebrews really hits home on and, and you see it so many times but I want to read this to you and it's, it's uh, Hebrews eleven eight, and it says, "By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he could would receive as his inheritance." And then um, le- verse eleven says, "By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive a child." So that that tells me that faith doesn't just have isn't just a belief in God and a trust in God. Faith is something that it says Sarah received something from God through faith. So when, when we're believing and we, we activate our faith, it, it talks about how faith is something that needs to be activated and used. It's kind of like a muscle. If you don't work out that muscle, everybody's like, no, I don't want to work out. Okay. Um, 
faith is one of those things that is an unseen thing. We don't look down and go, oh, my faith is getting flabby. You know, we don't go, oh, I should exercise my faith a little bit more. You know, faith is one of those things that we have to be in a constant mindset of exercising that, believing God for things, believing that what he says is true. Believing that when he says he's a good God and a good father, that he is. But when we we don't access God through our faith and we don't exercise our faith, our faith becomes weak. But it doesn't become small. Because Jesus said, faith that's itty-bitty tiny can have the power to move mountains. So faith, whether it's in a measure of a small measure or a large measure, is very powerful. But we have to to exercise our faith, believing God for things. And, And when we pray, believe that what we are asking him for, he will, he will do for us because it says in his word that he will. So we look through, um, Hebrews and it talks about different people in, um, the Bible and in history that believed God and were, were basically the fathers of our faith. And Abraham is basically the father of our faith, but it talks about Noah. It talks about a lot of different people who had faith to access God and to be able to receive from God. And we talked about this last week. Abraham's whole life was listening to God and, and, and stepping out in faith and believing that God was going to take care of him. Okay, he, Abraham's younger. He says, leave your family, leave your country, take everything and, and take what you have and go. So he goes. And then he's old and he says, hey, you want a son? Believe that you will receive a son. We won't get into the whole um, doubting thing that he had at that moment, but he, he, he believed that... God was going to give him a son. And then God says, hey, go sacrifice your son. He's like, what? That's not God talking to me. Um, and, and so Abraham's like, God, you told me I would be the father of many nations, I, that you were going to give me a son. And then like, you know, like a couple weeks later, you're at, or I, I say a couple weeks later, but years later, you're going, hey, I want you to go sacrifice him. And, and he's like, wait a minute. How did you tell me I was going to have a son and now you're asking me to, to sacrifice him. So Abraham does, basically is walking through that whole process and, and basically God is saying, how is your faith? Where is your faith at to believe in me so I receive it? Or so you can receive from me. So he, he's getting ready to basically sacrifice his son and, and God stops him. An angel stops him and says, no, stop. And God was testing him to see, is your faith willing to... to sacrifice your own son to believe that no matter what i've asked you to do that i will give you what i've promised you so our faith has to be strong and abraham very much was exercising his faith at that moment i can imagine what the thoughts in his head as he's walking up that mountain with his son like you promised me this why are you telling me to do this now what what you know he's like why but he's like to the point where he was getting ready to sacrifice his son because he knew that what god said he would do, he would do. He was fully confident in what God was going to do. So we need faith in a lot of different areas. We need faith for our family. We need faith for our jobs. We need faith for our finances and and our health, everything like that, believing that God will take care of what he says he's going to take care of. One of the the biggest issues um, in our life, and especially in America, we, we don't lack a lot of things. Even when you have nothing, you still have more than a lot of third world countries. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you'll go and you'll be like, oh, it's, you know, you look at those, the mission trip photos, and you're like, oh, this is so great. We built things. We, but really what it is, is this, is it's getting a believer to go to a third world country and look at what 
they do not have. And look at how great their faith is, no matter how much they don't have. And we have so much. Even when you have the, the, the crappiest job of the crappiest job out there, you're still making 10 times more, 100 times more than what these people are making. So we take things for granted. A lot of times our faith doesn't have to be exercised because a lot of times it's just like, well, I got, you know, I got, I got a job. I don't need that. But our, our finances are a huge part of our life. And God wants to be part of that too. Um, you know, a lot of times we think, well, I got this job and, and God gave me this job and now I got all this, and I'm working all these hours and I'm making all this money. And we're like, thanks God. But what we do is, we're like, okay, God, thanks for the money. And then we don't say, hey, we don't follow the same faith that uh, Abraham had and said, you know what? I'm going to give what God has given to me. When we surrender our lives to God, we, we give him access to every area of our life, or at least we're supposed to. You know, and sometimes it takes a little while to get, give God access and, and let him take control of what he needs to. Nope, I'm going to hold on to this, God, and I'm just going to hold on to this a little bit longer. So we're supposed to give him access to every part of our life, our thoughts, our actions, our words, even our finances. We're supposed to glorify God in everything we do, and that means our finances, and that means with our words, our actions, everything. So, in order to please God, we have to have faith with our finances. And I'm not talking about, you know, just tithing and giving. I'm talking about a lot of different things. So, um, trusting someone with your finances can be hard. I need uh, Ricky's wallet. Can I have your wallet? Thank you. (laughs) I I like Ricky. Ricky's good. Let's see here. I didn't bring my wallet, just to make sure. So, so Ricky today is going to uh, give me his cards. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's going to give me the, his cash. So nobody uh, steal Ricky's money afterwards. But um, I'm going to leave you a couple bucks for gas. So there's three dollars for gas for the rest of the week in your truck, and I'm going to give the rest to God. Okay, you want this back? And no, I'll give that back to you later. <laughs> So trusting someone with your money can be tough because if someone says, hey, give me your wallet, you're like, some per- I mean, Ricky and I have a relationship. I can say, give me your wallet. He's like, I know where you live. If I have to, I'll come get the money. But a lot of times if some stranger comes up to you and says, hey, can I have your wallet? You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you mugging me? Are you holding me up? You know, is this a robbery? And you're like, okay. So someone asks you to give, Either wall, you're like, no. Someone ask, walk, randomly walks up to you and says, hey, can I have $1,000? You're like, if I had it, maybe, but, you know, I, I don't know. So if I, Jordan, do you want $20? Okay. <laughs> Jordan's got enough. This is, my wife wants $20. Anyway, so Ricky gave me his wallet because we have a relationship. But if, some ran, if I had walked up to Ricky the first day that he showed up at church saying, hey, buddy, I don't know your name. Can I have your wallet? He'd have been like, turn around and walk out the door. So trusting God with our finances sometimes feels like someone walking up to you and saying, hey, can I have your wallet? And you're like, I worked hard for this. I bought this wallet with the money I worked hard for. It's, sto- it's storing the hard-earned money that I worked for. I, and we're like, yeah, no, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this because this is mine. I worked really, really hard for this. So in a lot of ways, we treat God like a complete stranger. With our finances, we treat God like a complete stranger. We, we take our money and we hide it away from him like he's uh, some random guy that's going to steal our wallet or, you know, break into our house and steal our, you know, our jar of change. And we act like he's mugging us sometimes. Well, I just, 
you know, he, I just don't, I don't want to deal with that. I, you know, he's going to take everything I have. He's asking me to give something. Well, I don't have a lot. So we tend to treat God a lot of times like a, 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 someone that's sticking us up or, or ask somebody that we don't know that's just asking us for a thousand bucks or saying, hey, can I have your wallet and your debit card and your PIN number? Um, but Second Corinthians 6, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9 says this, but I say to this to encourage your generosity. The one who plants little, harvests little. And the one who plants, excuse me, plants plenty, harvests plenty. Give, giving grows out of the heart. Otherwise, you, you have reluctantly grumbled, yes, because you felt that you had, had to or because you couldn't say no. Ricky didn't feel like he could say no to me, so I was like, okay. Um, but this isn't the way God wants it. For we know that God loves a cheerful giver. God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessings than you can ever imagine so that you will always be taken care of in every way and you'll have more than enough to share. Remember that it is written about the one who trusts in the Lord. He scatters abroad. He gives freely to the poor. His righteousness endures throughout the ages. So I, I learned this at a very young age. My, my parents taught me this. I, you know, my, my dad taught me that, you know what? When we get a job, that's a blessing from God. When we have finances in our life, that's a blessing from God. He taught me that at a very young age. And we've taught our kids that too. We've taught our kids that, you know, even little here, you know, even when they didn't have money, you know, their kids are, my kids are older now, but when they were two or three, we'd give them a quarter and they would take it into children's church or the nursery and we'd say, get it, give it in the offering because they would do a little passing of the bucket. So we taught our children early to have faith that God would supply all our needs and that what what we God gave us, we could give out of. And what legalism does is says, well, I can only give this much. The tithe is 10 percent. I'm only going to give this much. My, my wife and I, when we we've talked about this, when our finances increase, we give more. And even when we didn't have more, we still gave more um, about. Oh, about eight years ago when we were, we had just kind of started my, my old job had just been two years into it. We did all our taxes and the lady looked at us and she goes, how do you guys afford to live? And we are like, what do you mean? She's like, you gave more to the church than you spent on almost anything. And I'm like, I don't know. I, we, we really, we looked at it. We're like, how do you give this and live on this? And it was like, and we're like, really? We don't know, but we did know. You know, we, we knew God was supplying us. He, we knew that God was meeting our needs and supplying every need that we would have. We never ran short. Even when, for the last 15 years, really, God has, we've never been short. God has always made a way for us, always supplied our needs, always taken care of us because He is a faithful God. And we believe that He was going to take care of us. We believe that His promises were to take care of us. God's not a liar. God gives us finances we have for us to surrender to him. When we surrender our lives to him, he's not like, I just want your mouth, your attitude, and your thought life. He's like, I want every area of your life. I want every area of your life because if you don't, I can't, I can't create something new in you. I can't create a new person because it says when we go down in the water uh, in salvation, basically it says as we're being baptized, the old is dead, the new is coming. God's like, don't pick up the old. Let me create something new in you. The way you think about your finances, the way you think about your work, your jobs, everything needs to change. So God wants us to surrender our finances to him so he can direct us to do what he's asked us to do, to do with it. His, our mindset should be 
God, this is what I am giving you. And so, because you've given it to me and you do what you need to do with it, God. You know, I, I could say, okay, I want my, we could write on the tithe envelope and say, okay, I want my money just to go to this, but it's not going to because I let God do what he needs to. I could say, I want it just for this, but I don't because I know God is going to do what he needs to do with it. God is going to use it. And, and as a church, we look and say, okay, what do we, what do we do with our finances as, as a body of Christ that honors God? Because we could hoard it all to ourselves and say, well, we're just going to take care of this building and th- these people. But that's wrong. And that's against what the word of God says. God says to take care of the widows and the orphans and the, uh, and the disadvantaged. But it also says that we need to sow into other ministries. And, and as a church, we're doing that. We're finding people who are good soil that are showing good fruit. And we're saying, you know what, man, we see what you guys are doing. And as a, a, a church body, we're saying, you know what, we believe in this. We trust God with the finances that he has given this church. And we're sowing into this ministry. But God wants us to give our finances to him. And I'm not saying write a check out to the church, but I'm saying surrender our, the way we think about our finances to God. Trust and have faith in God that he will take care of it. But what happens is, is we get really attached to our money. We get really, really attached to our money. Well, I worked hard for it and I deserve it. And this is the job that I work hard for. And I go to work every day. God doesn't go to work for me. I work. And that's, and that's the way people, st- we start to think sometimes. Well, I worked hard for this money and you can't tell me what to do with my money. But I'm going to say this. Tithing takes faith and giving above and beyond takes faith to trust, trust God and say, you know what, man, have you ever had that moment where God just tells you to give something? And you're like, I can't really afford that, God. And you're like, but I'm going to do it because I don't want to be disobedient, but I'm a little scared about this. We've had those moments in our lives where it's like man god just told us to do this and like i'm like uh we're gonna be short and she's like i know i'm like but i feel like we need to do this and it wasn't out of guilt it wasn't out of it was like god just impressed on us to give this and i'm like we're gonna be short well next week comes on we're not short. we had over and above what we needed because something else came through i'm like that's god that's god saying be faithful to what i've asked you to do listen to what i've asked you to do and see what comes out of it because he knows uh, he can see farther ahead than us we we see in the in the weekly paycheck kind of mindset sometimes and god's saying i see what your future holds i see what i can release into your life but i need you to to be willing to listen and, and do what i've asked you to do we need to realize that our finances are directly related to god as, as a believer, God has asked us to surrender. So and what we have in our lives is directly related to God because we have a relationship with him. And I'm not saying that God is going to tell you to give everything away or, you know, whatever. But God is going to ask you to be a steward of what is given to you. And if we are a good steward of what has been put in our life, God will release more into our life. It's like the tale. It's like the the parable of the talents, where he talks, or Jesus talks about the the servants who are given one, two, and five. And he says, "Okay." The master says, "Take care of these." And and the first servant kind of is like, "Well, I got one. I'm just going to hold on to it, and I'm going to bury it and put it out back." The other two invest it and start working with it. And 
God looks at us in the same way of, okay, your finances that I've given to you, what are you doing with it? Are you holding on to it saying, oh, I got to hold on to it because, you know, uh, doom and gloom, the end of the world might come down, the market might crash, or saying to God, you know what, I'm going to take what you've given to me, I'm going to put it into something that will return into your kingdom. And so God, when he look, comes back, and says, why did you just hold on to what I've given you? Why did you hoard what it was given to you? And God's like, I wanted you to do something with what I had given in your life. And so he rewarded the other servants, but the one servant, he said, you're foolish. Because he was so afraid to do anything with what God had given to him. And so we look at that, and God's basically saying, you know what, if you can trust me in the little part of your finances to give when I've asked you to give, don't you think I'm going to take care of you? There's scripture after scripture that talks about how God takes care of his people and his children and loves them and will never let them go without. He says you'll always have your daily needs. The best, stu- the best thing we can do is be a steward and, and receive from God more in our life. Because when we receive from God more in our life, we have more to give to people. We have the ability to say, you know, man, I just saw this person. They're struggling right now. And man, God's just impressing on me. I, I need to help them, bless them, with, whether it's, it's groceries or if it's just whatever. But if we have the blessing in our life to give away, isn't it greater to instead of saying, well, I got a new TV, but you can see somebody's life changed for, for a lifetime. And you can say, man, I don't know what they were going on, but God just told me to do this. I was in the store... Um, I think this was early this year or late last year. And there was this gentleman, and he was probably from South America somewhere. Um, I, I didn't speak anything he was saying, but he was short on his groceries. And it was, I don't even know how much it was. And he, he was a, a migrant. And, and I, just, I don't know how short he was. And I just said to the lady, I said, just give it to him. I'll pay for the rest of it. And I, I, God told me to do that. I'm like, what are you telling me? I'm like, why are you telling me? I don't know this guy. You know, when we think about blessing somebody, you think, about, I'm going to bless this person I know because I know them and they're struggling. But God sometimes will tell you to bless other people, whether you know them or not. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking to God, I'm like, is this, I'm talking to him. I wasn't talking out loud, so it didn't look, look really weird. But I'm talking to God, I'm like, you, you want me to do this? And he's kind of like, yeah, he, I'm like, okay. And so I just told lady, I don't remember what it was worth, but I was just like, the guy had like a half a cart full of groceries and I'm just like, I said, I just looked at her and said, nodded at her. I'll do it. I'll take care of it. I just showed her my card and I said, I'll take care of it. And she goes, okay, everything's taken care of. And he's like, oh, okay. Because he's like short all, he was short. And then he's like, oh, it's all good. And she's like, yeah. And, and um, he, it was getting bagged up. And she just turned around and said, this, this man paid for it. He's like, he just said, thank you. And that was really all he could say in, in English. But, and, and I was like, I just said, you're welcome. I said, Have, be blessed. And I just, and he went. And I, I didn't plan on doing that. But God says sometimes, let me release something into someone else's life through your finances. Let me, let me use your life, your finances to bless other people. Not just giving to in your tithe, but in random situations where God is saying, I need you to take what I've given you and be a blessing with it. So tithing and giving take faith. They have to have a faith, a faith attached to it in order to receive from God. And I'm not saying you give money to get money from God. That's completely unbiblical. But we give to see God's kingdom go further. We see his kingdom advance when we give. And when we, when we are able to bless other people with 
random acts of kindness or paying it forward, whatever you want to call it, that does something. It releases blessing in, that God has in our life into somebody else's life. Even if it's for a moment of, of 20 bucks of groceries or, or, you know, or, or half a tank of gas, it releases something into their life. He agrees. What I've found is this, is the more I am able to give, and I don't mean tithe, I mean giving to other people, it gives joy. It brings joy into your life because you're able to, to bless other people and to, to say, you know what, man, be blessed with it. I see you struggling or I just, man, I, God just told me to do this because I know there's something, I don't know what it is, but God's telling me to, to give this to you. Um, a friend of mine quote, said this and it says, faith is the door to receive from God. And I really like that because so many times we think of faith as something that like a muscle, like I talked about, we exercise, but it's really a door. And when we access that, when we access God, we open that door to receive from him so that when we receive from him, that door is open. God doesn't like to, God is not a, um, a small minded God. God is not a, um, uh, a stingy giver. He's not a begrudging giver. Oh, I got to give to this person. You know, I'm going to release blessing into their life because, oh, they tithe and they gave and, and I've got to do this. God's saying, I want to overflow in your life. I want the blessing to overflow in your life. Um, there's a couple of businessmen I know that make millions of dollars a year and they're Christians and they give more, so much away because they know what God has put in their life. They make millions and they just say, you know what? I'm going to give here and they give here and they give millions into foreign missions. They give uh, millions into local uh, missions and, and local uh, charities because they know that God has blessed them and they know if they just sit on that money, it does nothing for them. They cannot take it with them and they know that they would rather be see the kingdom of God further, see lost people, hurt people brought to Christ because they have the ability to do it. So faith is that door to receive from God. When we have that faith, it will open that door for increase and blessing to flow into our life. You know, I look at my life and I say, you know what? People taught me how to tithe, how to give, how to be um, access God through faith. And it has received blessing. And through that blessing, I've been able to bless into other people's lives because God has blessed me. Whatever situation that we're in, whether it's you know, uh, rich, poor, lack, plenty, whatever situation that we're in, God wants to bless us to be a blessing on this earth. That's why when Abraham is called the father of our faith, because God said, you're going to be a blessing to these people for generations. So the faith that Abraham had is the same faith that we can have in our lives and believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. When God says, you know what? Stop going here, work here, stop working here, move here. And you're like, okay, God, you, you want me to do this. I know it's you. I'm going to do this. And watch God show up and provide for the needs that you do have. Because God will take care of you. You know, we've seen in the last uh, year in, 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 with this, in this church, it, we've seen so much increase in, in blessing in our lives. People are getting new jobs. People are getting new houses. You know, God's just stepping up and, sh- and showing how good he is to us and saying, look what I'm doing in your life. Let people know what I'm doing in your life so you can reflect what I have. Let people know what God is doing in your life so they will want to see that God is good. I think the biggest thing that we need to um, show people that God is good, not that he provides for our needs, not that he, he wants us to... Um, 
spend eternity with him. I think the biggest thing that we, a lot of people need in their lives is that God just loves them. Now, we can get to the other stuff later on, but God loves them and people need to know that because a lot of people do not know that God loves them. The increase that God gives us, he wants to bless you so that it will bring him glory. Everything that God puts in our life is to bring glory to him and to his kingdom. So what we have is designed to bring glory to him. Whether it's our job, our house, our, our, um, our finances, whatever it is, God's saying, I want everything that is in your life to bring glory to me so that people will see how good I am with everything that you do, everything that you have will be a blessing to people because they know that I'm good. So I talked about this last week. God is not a small God and he doesn't give small things. God is a big God who has big plans and has big um, blessing. Talks about that he wants overflow in our life. Because when you just have just enough, it's hard to do anything with just enough because you just have just enough to take care of what you have. God says, I want overflow so that when you have overflow, everything that you have is met, all your needs are met, and you have overflow to bless other people and say, you know what, look at what God is doing. Look how God has changed my life, brought me from this up to here, and now I'm able to help people. So we have to exercise our faith and believe for big things because he is a big God. When we start to honor God with our, our finances and start believing God for not only our daily needs, but for more in our lives, he has so much that he wants to increase in our finances to bring us out of from low to high so that we can create a legacy. Because what happens is this, is you can create a legacy with just enough. And it's, and it's going to be a, a, a legacy of, well, we just made enough to get by and that's all we had. But God's type of legacy is this. Is they had so much overflow, so much blessing that they left a legacy, not only in their own family, but they left a legacy in the community, in the other families in that town, in that county, in that city, whatever it was, that our legacy 60 years from now, 70 years from now, they're going to look back and go, remember that family? how much they blessed the town, how much they blessed the community, how, how well they took care of people because they had overflow. You guys ever poured a cup of water or a cup of like, what's even worse is uh, you pour a cup of pop and you're like, oh yeah, and all of a sudden it just overflows and it gets sticky. God's kind of like that. He says, I want to overflow your cup. So there's a residue, leaving a residue for a very long time in the area that you have influence in. He wants to leave, uh, leave what is overflowed from your cup as a residue so people can access that. Because what he says is, I'm going to create a legacy and, a, and, and uh, a history for generations that people will remember what God did. Remember that family? God was so good to them and God had blessed them with so much and God will, had them release blessing into this, into this town. If anything, this town needs God's blessing. This town needs God's blessing. This town has been has gone from ghost town to, um, it was thriving to a ghost town to whatever it is now. And, and God is saying, you know, I want to restore, bring blessing back into this town, bring business back into this town, into this area, so that my goodness will be shown. 
But we have to start doing that and start saying, God, how do you want me to access you? God, what do you want me to start believing for and access him, him through faith so we can leave that residue in this town, in that area of influence? Let's pray.